Okay, how are you about making new friends? Okay, I may seem very outgoing and warm and bubbly. I like to think that I have many friends, but the truth is if I'm in some type of group, I'm going to be the one hanging back. I'm going to be one watching everyone (laughs) observing. I'm not the life of the party. Let's just put it that way. But what I do love is when I spot someone that I want to get to know, that I'm curious about, I love sitting down. I love sitting across the table for coffee, which I don't get to do as often as I'd like face to face. But I love hearing someone's heart. I love hearing about what God is doing in them, what God is teaching them, and their passions and desires. So when I had the opportunity to hear more about Jennifer Camp, that's what it was to me. I have not heard of her before, which is pretty amazing because I seem to know a lot of writers and speakers. But when I heard about what she's doing with Gather Ministries, I knew it's someone that I wanted to lean into. I wanted to lean close. I wanted to hear what is on her heart. And I was so blown away by today's interview. Um, Jennifer and I, this is the first time we ever talked. And then when we stop recording. We continued to talk because I just felt she was so genuine and open in her heart and just sensing what God is doing in her and through her. And as you will see in Jennifer's journey, this is nothing she ever planned. This is nothing that she aspired to. Um, Just being here and being a writer and speaker and sharing all that God was doing in her and through her, it really was that step of faith to trust that God was calling her to this. I know that you're going to love this conversation because I loved it. I loved how she was just so open to me right from the beginning. And um, as we talk about her email devotional that she's doing and the podcast, um, I know that you will just find it as something that you want to be inspired by too. So have fun getting to hear this conversation of me connecting with Jennifer for the first time and really being blessed. You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to Heart to Heart Chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, friends, I love talking about God at work. I love talking about the Holy Spirit and Him calling us to walk out amazing things. And I'm super excited because this is a new friend. And I can't wait to hear more about her life because I know she's already doing amazing things just to teach people how to connect with God, how to connect with the Spirit, and how to learn to um, just grow closer to Him. So I'm super excited to have Jennifer Camp with Gather Ministries. So welcome, Jennifer. Hey, Trisha. Thank you so much for having me. This is super fun. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're here and I can't wait to hear more. So why don't you just start um, by introducing yourself and just telling us a little bit more about your life? 
Yeah. So I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, We have three teenagers now. We live about a half hour south of San Francisco. And I am a writer. Um, I think I started doing that when all three kids finally got into school full time. And um, my husband, Justin, and I, we've been married for 23 years now. And we run a nonprofit called Gather Ministries, where he now works full time with me. And we both write, we kind of do devotionals, and we kind of um, everything's in sync. We it is working out that I'm working from home with my husband, and we still like each other a lot. So that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that is an awesome sign. And uh, okay, so I grew up in California too. Now, did you grow up in California, or yeah. did you find yourself there? Yes. Now I have to tell you that I had to. Um, I've li- I've listened to um, quite a lot of your podcasts, and one time you brought up that you grew up in weed, and I'm like, I know <laughs> weed. I did track meets in weed. I know exactly what you're talking about because I grew. You up- did- yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you did track meets in weed. Yes, I. Um, that was when we did really well because it was super far away. It was probably about four hours um, north of my little town that I grew up in in Arbuckle. So, but yeah, not many people know about weed. Not many people know about Arbuckle, California, and so I was super stoked. Like, I get you. Oh, yeah. I understand. <laughs> yes. That is- so funny. And then people say, like I say from Northern California, and they're like, oh, San Francisco, Sacramento. I'm like, no, we're talking Northern California. Like there's this whole part of California people don't even know that is there. They don't. I mean, it's such a huge place. They think they may have heard of Tahoe. They've heard of Yosemite. They think of Bay Area and Los Angeles. And that's it. So, yeah. <laughs> that's so-, so fun. Yeah, my dad was a farmer, so he. I grew up in the middle of an almond orchard. They're still there. It's a tiny little town. Everyone's just like a farmer or a teacher, and so um, I did not appreciate growing up there at the time, but now I do, and now I'm so glad that I had that experience. Um, just a small, quiet um, country upbringing like I did. Yeah, that is so cool. I think of that like even in Weed, California, and going to the lake in Mount Shasta and just floating there in lazy summer days. I'm like, I didn't appreciate at the time how fun that was. But um, I, looking back, I think um, that is just a, a cherished time um, in my childhood. So I would just love to hear kind of your testimony um, and you know how you came to find God and then how you are now pouring into other people. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Arbuckle, because that is kind of the landscape where this all began and kind of my heart of looking for something and chasing it down, but not knowing what it was and kind of doing it in all the wrong ways. Um, I um, I was just the kid who wanted to please, and that little town just felt really small, and it felt like a fishbowl. And so I wanted, I really cared about what it looked like and how I was doing. And so on the outside, I made it look like I was doing pretty well in terms of worked really hard to kind of look the right way and get the right grades. Um, and then what I didn't know, and, and I went to church growing up and just really hadn't, I had a relationship with God where, well, it wasn't a relationship where I would pray to him, but I was really scared about how he thought of me mm. and, and really thought, I just really wanted to please him and do the right thing. Um, and so I was, I also had, was really shy and didn't feel confident in social situations. And so I found that boys were a good way to kind of get someone to hang out with me and like, okay, here's my person. And, um, and so I just started just having sex at 15 and ended up being pregnant at 16. Um, Mm -hmm. and 
I didn't tell anybody. Um, well, I did tell um, a couple people six years later, but I really had, there was no healing. My parents didn't know. I kept it a secret for two decades for them and they found out in the worst possible way. They found so out. Go ahead. So you had an abortion? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sorry. I um, jumped over that part. So yes, um, I, during um, the Christmas vacation, um, age 16, I told my parents I was out shopping and um, just went and had an abortion. And uh, my, my boyfriend was the only one who knew about it. And it was crazy where for two, so I, I remember the, the couple days after that, um, having the abortion where all I felt was relief. It's like, wow, mm-hmm. no one found out. Like I got away with it. And I just went to basketball practice and like, great, no one knows. This is awesome. Um, and I just kind of put that away. This No one found out, put it away for two decades. Um, and uh, that's not good <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> when things are put away like that. Yeah. And again, it really seals up your heart. And I found, you know, I had an abortion when I was 15. And I mean, looking back, I just had this wall around my heart. And I don't think I was happy. I don't think I was sad. I don't think like, because I think if you let any emotion, emotion in, then it allows all of it to come in. So it's almost like this wall is around there, kind of a protection because we can't kind of deal with what happened. Yeah, I think that must be it. Just that self-preservation just kicks in and you feel you've, I convinced myself that this is what I needed to do to survive. And that was all I could handle at the time. And so that was my way of rationalizing the whole crazy thing. Um, So jump forward two decades, that's when kind of, when things get interesting (laughs) with me (laughs) and God, um, where, uh, I had been in women's ministry and again, looked like everything was going great. I, it was a, a position where I was doing some speaking, doing a lot of leading, um, just kind of had the mic in hand and, you know, you got to kind of lead kind of the group of women and where we're going. Mm-hmm. And it was so ironic because, um, the year that I had more responsibilities, um, we had a verse for that year and we chose second Corinthians. 12, nine. And here we have, you know, Paul saying, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses. So the power of Christ may rest upon me. And I'm keeping this secret. I am trying to be vulnerable, but keeping control over all of that. Um, it wasn't until that ministry year was over. And that was a year of, of kind of tough parts, a, a tough part of my life anyway, where Here I was, I think I was trying to get out in front, trying to create an image for myself. While when you're doing that, when you have three little kids at home, um, you have a husband who's um, working super hard and I start my work when he comes home. It was, there's there's a lot of just strife. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. hard things that I just wasn't, um, wasn't willing to deal with until that, um, I guess I'm one of those stories where everything had to come crashing down for me to kind of see what was happening and what I was running from. And so um, when that year was over and I thought, great, now I have all this time. I could, I'm, I'm going to be present with my family again. Um, I have less on my plate. And I just kind of just broke, I wouldn't call it a breakdown, but I just recognized how sad and angry and, um, 
all the emotions I was really feeling. Um, I remember Mm -hmm. in my prayer time with God was really like just yelling, just my heart just reaching out to him and just feeling like there has to be more. There has to be more than just me talking to you. There has to be more than me just saying, help, I don't know how to do this. What's wrong? And so I'm just going to listen. I just need to hear what you have to say. And I don't know if you do that. I don't know. I definitely did not believe that he loved me then. But it started there where I in, in desperation, I'm like, I need you. I need you to to speak now. And um, I think it was just that kind of everything was stripped away. And I just kind of sat there and going like, you're going to speak because you just kind of have to. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's um, and I and I did it. I I um, tend to focus best when I'm writing. And so I had a journal out. And so I started to write my prayers to him and I would sit there. And, um, and then I just realized that there was a response underneath. There were thoughts coming up that weren't my own. There was a reassurance and just a kindness, a kindness that I'd never experienced before that definitely I did not have within me that was, that was coming through. And so I started to write down the responses to my prayers and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is you. I realized this was God and I had never known that um, that he could be a father like that. And so that's kind of when things kind of springboarded. Um, and uh, I just started to, to seek him in a true way and from a place that was willing to not hide from him. Yeah, and I think so many times um, when we have these things that we are shameful about, we feel the shame, we feel the you know, often regret or just the pain of we don't want other people to find out. And then we do. I mean, I was the same way. We put on these like, look at me, look at all the good things I'm doing. Look at how I'm taking care of my family and serving others. But that that doesn't get us what we need. That doesn't draw us closer to God. It is, you know, kind of, again, putting on putting up this wall of goodness um, that keeps us from really drawing close to him. And I, I mean, I remember the first time um, when our my pastor approached and said, "I want you to help start a crisis pregnancy center." After I, you know, shared my testimony, which is like a whole other thing, just getting there. And I remember, like, for sure, like I don't have time for this. Like, I um, I'm a homeschooling mom. I'm starting to write, and then sitting there, and I told my pastor I'd pray. And then as I prayed, like you were saying, these like this voice inside me that I knew wasn't from me, but was like so tender and like what about the other people like you you know I knew that wasn't my voice because my voice was saying I don't have time for this and um think about think about them and think about what hope you can give to them and I think so many times people say like how do you know it's God speaking and I love how you put it it's you know these thoughts that aren't from you but it's that tenderness and kindness it's not like God is pounding us over the head saying you're so dumb why did you make those choices or it's like mm-hmm. um he wants us to draw close and i love i love how you you know talk about that so where did that go when you when you realize like okay this is god being kind to me um how did that change your life yeah well then i started for someone who um loves to I have trouble slowing actually. I love doing things, I love producing things, I love being productive. Like this seemed the opposite <laughs> of this in terms of the what I was craving was going to require me 
sitting and, and slowing and listening. And it was just brand new. And I was really surprised that it was something I really wanted to do. It was something that was very foreign, but my heart was just just craving time with him. And I think that's when I really started to I really started to fall in love with him. I um, just wanted to spend time with him. And it was just me in my journal, with my journal by myself in the morning, just on the floor. I just, on the floor, um, nothing else around me, no music, nothing. I felt like I was, I knew that I was going to get easily distracted. But so I, at the time when that year of ministry ended and I started to, to kind of pursue God in a new way, I realized that all the trappings of, of ministry that were so good, and my dearest friends come from my church's um, mother's organization. I because when you're in the trenches like that, right, that you don't forget friendships like that. And right. So I'm so grateful for those. But um, I realized that I loved. I wanted to share this kind of new experience um, with my friends, and so I took a took a turn and I wondered what it would be like if I just gave God more time. I knew what it looked like to be in a community of women who talked, who learned about God and talked about God, but didn't really share kind of their relationship with Him. It was Mm -hmm. kind of something other. And I was curious about it too. And I, so I said, well, and it was, there's only so much time when you're in a church setting You have this, we had a two-hour window. We had an hour of kind of teaching and announcements. And then you had an hour twice a month to meet with these people that of your your dear, you're supposed to be your dearest friends that you only saw them for an hour. And this is like your kids are in childcare. It was like this kind of mad rush. Like what, how can eight women share their heart in an hour (laughs) Um, around this? And so I said, okay, God, I, what? let's just, I felt like he put it on my heart just to open my door, um, open my home. And so I said on Monday mornings, whoever wants to come, no rules from 9.30 to 11.30. Um, I put out to my friends, but I told them whoever else they wanted to come, let's just see what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Let's see if we kind of get rid of the structure of a traditional Bible study. We, um, we seek Him. We will be in Scripture and in worship, but there's we don't there's there the list of what we have to do is <laughs> there is no list let's just see what he mm. comes up with and i love um that wide open just space for him to come and just pursue our hearts and basically mess with us too um <laughs> was just um a really wonderful time of healing and so for 6 years i did that and he gave um he called us my girls, because he called us, you are my girls. Um, and so we kind of call ourselves, you know, my girls as in terms of what he called us. And so there's a lot of healing came from that experience of just being in community with other women, sharing stories, having time together, listening for his voice, believing he's going to show up, believing he's in the room, inviting him to just come and just silence all the other distractions. Um was something that was so good for me. At the same time, I started to fall in love. I felt this love for these women that I, I didn't have, didn't um, have time to develop in my heart when I was rushed before. 
And I was really surprised by, wow, these friendships are so much deeper and I care for them. I'm thinking about them. I'm, it's not just like a once a week show up and then leave. Like they're on my heart. And so um, because I process um, best writing and I used to teach English and so I like that kind of thing, I just started to write um, prayers, but also would listen on their behalf and like, God, I, what do you have to say to them? What do you have to say to your girls? And so then I started writing emails to the women in the group of just like God's response to what they're going through. And then Justin, my husband, he's like, you know, there's this thing called a blog. And I'm like, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't even sound good. It sounds like it's not a pretty word. What's a blog? Yeah. Um, But he set that, set it up for me. And it's like, okay, well, why don't you just start writing on here? And then, you know, blogs are so fun where it's like, oh, it's, it is so pretty. And you can, you know, and it was, um, I started writing there and started a blog called You Are My Girls. And, um, I think it was in 2011 that I started writing there. Um, and so that when Justin, um, started to become excited about taking a different turn with his job, um, and he had written a book a long time ago for in his job of venture capital. He'd always loved writing, but it was on his heart. Like, you know what? He let's do this. Let's go together. He was in a community with men. I was in a community with women. I was writing to these women. He had this heart for writing. And he's like, What do you think about creating a nonprofit? Um, and that was um such a vulnerable thing to do. That didn't sound like a good idea at all. <laughs> the kind of living <laughs> in San Francisco Bay Area, what is the cost of living is like in so many other parts of the country, it's just kind of crazy. Um, and it wouldn't make sense to like, this isn't going to work. And also I didn't like the idea of asking for donations. That just sounded like a really bad idea <laughs> to kind of yeah. be that vulnerable. And so they're like, okay, so to pay our bills, it requires us going out and asking for help. Like, oh my gosh. Um, and so but that's kind <laughs> of, uh, yeah, it was, oh, so um, in 2013, we kind of joined forces and um, started writing together and put it under the umbrella of Gather. That is so amazing. And I just, I think the things that God calls us to, um, because they're usually bigger than ourselves, they're usually out of our comfort zone. Like he doesn't, you know, to say you're comfortable right where you are, keep going, good job. It's like, no, wait, I have more people. I have more hearts I want you to touch. So you need to take this step. And I think, it, you know, usually our first initial response, like you were saying, is like, ah, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> this is not uh-uh. I want to do. Um, and I'm sure, you know, I mean, it's your website and um, the the loop and the podcast, which we'll be all talking about those things are just beautiful. I mean, they, I listened, you know, to one of the podcast episodes as I was cleaning today and my heart was just like so full and overflowing. I'm like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. But I know like there was steps getting from you know, those first beginnings to where it is now. So maybe what were some of the first steps God asked you to do? And then set, what were some of the challenges? Cause I think people sometimes will look at like where people are now and right. how their ministry is and think, okay, I can never do that. So I would love to hear kind of like the lessons and even the challenges along the way. Yeah. Um, that is the good stuff. I mean, that's, yes, that is, that's, yes, it is so true how, how we present ourselves 
online because you do want it to be a place where people would like to go and spend time, but there's so much underneath um, all of that. What we're trying to be is trying to create is beauty and present that and uh, and God, and that is who he is. But underneath that, oh, there's so um, so much healing that was required and is still required. Um, so um, the email devotionals, um, the writing that we do, pod, the podcast we do called Rush, um, the books that we write, they're all from a place of the best way I could describe it is just kind of desperation and the idea of willing to be raw and um, to look at our at our brokenness. And that's something that it's a word that's thrown around so easily, I think, of just like kind of embrace your brokenness. We're all broken. It's like, but oh, and the idea of surrender and repentance. I mean, they're just these words. Um, but when I come face to face with the reality of really handing something over to him, I remember just the other day of standing in my my bathroom, I'm about to to leave. And I I forget what it was, but it was something. But I thought, okay, I'm just going to surrender this. I'll just give it to you. It's fine. That's what I'm supposed to do. And I remember holding my hands out. I felt like this Kendi was prompting me to do and to kind of to kind of imagine the thing I needed to surrender in my hands. And when I mm-hmm. saw it and I saw that he wanted to take it, I'm like, wait, <laughs> um, <laughs> no. And I didn't want to keep my hands open. It's like the actual reality of really giving things over, really allowing him to come in and heal. It's going to be messy and it's going to hurt. Um not because he hurts, but because of the ways that we've been wounded um, and the ways that we try to cover up and cope. Um, those are they're all all these things where we've been been hurt for so many things, and he wants to come and let us and show us those things. Um, so for me, um, it was a full on battle when I describe. I'd kind of describe like, oh, I'm on the floor, I'm praying with God, I have my journal open. It sounds so awesome. It's like it was a battle. It was a total battle zone where I was just like, just not wanting to believe him, not believing that he could be so good. Um, I I would be more like, okay, great, so. We have these things to do, and it really things got really messy. You can imagine when I'm technically in ministry now, and now now everything gets kind of confusing. Where I am doing things and writing um, prayers and listening for Him, and it could be easy for me to ignore my own heart, but for me to write from a true place and to offer anything, I have to be true and allow him to speak. Otherwise I'm just faking it. Um, right. So, um, so the biggest struggle for me um, throughout my whole life, and I didn't realize it um, at all when I was a teenager, but um, something he kind of pointed out, you know, two decades after when I was 36 and he started the healing process and therapy started and, um, sharing my story in community, but still I struggle to believe um, that he loved me. I struggled to believe, so simple where even in worship, like, okay, I'm great. So I'm, I hear I'm supposed to worship you. I'm supposed to love you. So great. Here it goes. (laughs) (laughs) Brace yourself. This is going to be awesome. And um, I would, and he's like, 
And he would simply repeat over me, I love you. And I'm like, okay, I know, I know. Okay. But what about this other thing? And then I love you. And he would, and as long as it took, that was all he would say. And I, that was not what I wanted to hear because it's not what I felt I could, I had, I wasn't equipped to believe. Um, and so I think that it all starts there. Um, the three words that Justin, I keep coming back to um, for gather are identity, community, and adventure. And the idea, I mean, I could live all day long with, at first I thought identity, just kind of knowing who we are, but it's, they're also tangled up together in the most beautiful way where like I am really good at hiding and pretending unless I'm in community and there are people who I know love me who are going to love me no matter what I tell them about me. And the adventure part is like when we are trusting him and we are allowing our short stories to be out in the open and we're, 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 and we believe that we are loved anyway, then that's where the adventure is. That's where the experience of God is. That's where we get to inhabit the person that he sees. I love the idea that, that he what he sees is not what I can see. And what he sees in this world is not what I can see with my own eyes, but there's so much more that is even more real than what I can see and touch and hear. And that's where I want to be. And so um, I think glimpses of that truth and his beauty and allowing him to use my imagination to see it has helped me uh, just kind of back down from my desire to fight and um, and push against him because he just felt it felt too good, um, and just to kind of like okay, this this must be true. I don't know. So that's kind of just yeah, kind of throwing that's the white so flag. Good. And I no, I think and I think so many times. I mean, the things um, that we I think in our especially in the United States and our churches and stuff, it is knowledge. Um, there's a like we know more about the Bible than any generation before. Like there's Bible studies, there's all the knowledge of God, which I mean, we do need to know the scriptures and we do need to um, know about him. And then there's busyness, there's activities. So we're going through the motions, we're doing the things, but I love how you're taking, like you're stripping away, um, like, okay, it's good to know about God. It's good to be, Mm -hmm. like you said, we're mentioned in community, but then we need to Get, we need to have that quiet and we need to strip down away from that and just just let God into ourselves. And I think so many times, I know this was so true for me, when we think about like uh, ministering or reaching other people or writing, it's okay, this needs to sound good. This is like going to be a pretty package mm-hmm. and I'm going to do this thing and it's just going to be successful. And then it comes to the point where God's like, I don't want you doing that because like we have work to do on you first. Like we need to get to the heart of the matter. And I remember like for years I was like trying to put the package together and getting lots of rejections until it came to the point where I remember being on my knees and open palms, like you were saying, and like, okay, here, like I know what I want. I want to look good. I want my name on a cover or whatever it is. I want to help other people, of course, but it was kind of centered on me. And then that stripping down is God saying, okay, I don't need you to do things for me. I want to work in you. And out of that will flow what I, the messages, like it's going to start with you. And so I feel like with every book that I write, um, 
and you know all whatever it is that I, I it's really going down to not trying to put a package together but letting God work in me and somehow through that other people are going to be impacted. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm always surprised by kind of um where I I can't I I think it it gets wonderful that I don't know what's ahead as as uncomfortable as that sounds in terms of what God's next plan is. Um but I love how what he's what he the adventure he has for us to embark on with him is um like we don't know what we're going to need in our in our backpack for that. Like we think okay, like I just checked off with you. I need it I need to know who I am. I need to have community around me and to be able to do these things with him. But this past year, like he took he was inviting me into a deeper season of healing that where community like I was in such a raw, vulnerable place that I actually pulled away from all of those other things, um, all the other relationships that were part of my life. Um, and so I really think that he's full of surprises in the best way, but you never know what's going to be required and what's we're going to need to give up. But the wonderful things on the other side, it's just, it's just worth it. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah. so. Yeah. Now there's a couple of things that I want to touch go back and touch on because we kind of skimmed over them. Um, but you mentioned your parents finding out in the worst possible way about mm-hmm. um, your abortion. I would just love to hear more about that. Cause I think uh, when we're used to hiding, I remember, you know, there's family members that found out about my abortion after they read it in a published magazine article. <laughs> so it's oh. easier sometimes to like tell people out there. Um, but without like having to tell the people close. So what happened with that situation? Yeah. Um, I think that I use the phrase a lot, just um, there's some times when you have just, you know, a, a good friend comes to you and your heart's breaking for them and you feel like you want to fix it, but your heart just can't bear it. And for me, and um, and that's what Breathing Eden, the, the book I wrote was about like these are stories of women where we just we have these prayers and we just can't bear them. We just we can't hold them. We there must be another another um, way to interpret these these experiences. And I couldn't bear my own. <laughs> I didn't know. I felt like he. It's very weird to think back at the moment. I could see. I I we still live in the same house where I wrote it at the dining table. And I didn't give it a lot of thought. I just remember it was kind of one of those days. There's certain times in my life where I'm like, oh, I wonder when I'll tell this story. I wonder when I'll tell the truth of this person. And it was like that where I'm like, oh, I guess I'm going to say it. And I'm going to do it like this. And I realized that my I needed to let the truth out. And I needed to let the people I actually, and I say like people know, I actually didn't think about my family. If I think if I did, I wouldn't have shared it. Right. I, it's strange, but um, I think it caused a lot of hurt. However, that was the only way I could do it. I couldn't do the phone call. I couldn't do the visit at the time. Now I could, I could do these things, but at the time it's like, I gotta, I gotta say this. I gotta strip away all these lies. And so, yeah, there was just a tool to do it. And so, yeah, there was quite a lot to take. It wasn't kind. I, you know, that would be really rough being a, you know, parent of teenagers and wow. And anyone you care for, you just, when you read about something so big like that and you're reading about it with the rest of everyone else, 
yeah, that really sucks. <laughs> so, so was it was it in the book? Is that what you it, where you shared it first? No, just on my blog. Just on your blog, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then did did they call or how did? Well, I'm like, <sighs> well, um, my one of I'm oldest of five. I have two sisters and then two brothers. And one of my sisters called me and said, "I read what you wrote," and I told mom. And everything that I had worried about did come true, where it was too much for her. And we had a lot of trouble talking for a, quite a while. Um, and there was, um, a, a, yeah, she pulled back from me in relationship um, for a few months. And my dad, um, he was stoic and called, um, but uh yeah, I think it just kind of in the the, the conversations face to face that happen years later, um, it just confirmed for me that uh, this is the way it had to happen. Like it just, yeah, it I, I wouldn't have been able to share it because um, it wouldn't have been re- received um, very well. So okay. yeah. Yeah, and I think yeah, it is hard when we have those people that we are close to that we know the response is probably not going to be good. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, but, but I think it does part of the healing too, to be able to share those places. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I love how at a face-to-face conversation I've had um, around that time with friends, like I feel like I don't have a story to tell you that's like where pe- anyone's been unkind, like all the things that I deserve because of what I did. Um, mm-hmm. Like, like I don't deserve the kindness and this, just the compassion. I don't deserve any of it. And it's like, okay, God, you're just, you're just going to keep loving me. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah. So it's crazy. Absolutely. Well, another thing um, that you talked about is you know, okay, launching a nonprofit ministry um, in one of the most expensive expensive parts of the the nation to live. Um, how I mean, you don't have to go into details, but how was that step of faith? Um, when, you know, there are a lot of questions, especially around nonprofits, and then there's a family to provide for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, what was really kind of God was that when Justin decided to go full-time, he was a venture capitalist and he was on some boards that he couldn't walk away from. So we had a transition of a few years Mm -hmm. where there was actually some income coming in, um, other than through gather for two years. Um, and so that was so wonderful. Like we, we thought, Oh, great. We'll take the plunge, but Oh, it would have been a disaster <laughs> if we didn't have that um, going on. And so I love, um, God is just so wonderful with that, knowing that we were going to mess up this whole thing. Um, but, uh, well, what's crazy about this area is that even though it is a really, um, things, just cost more than they should. Um, there are people here who have been willing to give to us who live in this place of craziness. And so I don't know. We've always, how it's working, we've always been willing to go because it's not a place like when Justin got out of venture capital, it was important for him to be in Silicon Valley. But once he stopped doing that, we could go anywhere. This is something right. we don't yeah. have to live in this here. But at the same time, you realize uh, this area is 
it's just in just like so many other just fast moving places in the country in the world it's our hearts are breaking for this place it's fueling our 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 kind of our words we're giving kind of mm. a kind of we're hypersensitive to kind of all the kind of the drive to go and push and produce and because God continues to provide for us here and is making it possible we're like okay like we're we're going to stay as long as you want us to stay we haven't felt called to go to leave um it took us going out out of the country to re- have our hearts break here what i skipped over was when our kids our youngest was 1 year old just and i went to to ethiopia on a on a trip um and people were telling us oh prepare for your hearts to break it's going to be really hard to see um just uh to, to not be able to feel like you can really jump in and and fix all of the hard things and and yes it was hard and it was beautiful um and uh it was it was um, we we were surprised by how it changed our hearts though for the people back here cuz um it took us going to ethiopia and realizing how much joy and how much appreciation and how much freedom there is without being hampered by all these this kind of push to go and do and and having all these things and so not that life is is was easy where we saw the places that we went in ethiopia but yet it seemed more pure it just everything was like you could see what mattered more clearly and i realized that back home here it's much more muddled it, mm-hmm. it's hard to see what matters and we are just it's just yeah it's hard not to to kind of forget kind of um the most important things and so that's kind of what uh so around this area um we love this place and it drives us crazy too and um <laughs> yes i don't know yeah, God is saying stay and he's allowing us to stay. So we're just really grateful for that. Well, I love that. And I think so many times when we have these, uh, keep saying steps of faith, it's it's the questions of, well, how is how are, how are you going to provide or how are you going to take care of things? And, um, you know, John and I, we had three almost adult kids, well, two adult and one almost adult kid when we adopted a baby girl, mm-hmm. um, which was pretty easy because it's, you know, sweet little baby. Mm-hmm. And then we adopted two from foster care with a lot of trauma. Wow that was harder and finally got to a place where like, okay, we're settled again, you know, as much as we can be adding three more little people and having three adult kids. But then um, we, I actually went to Kenya Mm. um, to the Kibera slums with Awana and I was blogging for them and um, going there. And I thought the same thing, like, Oh, you know, from now on my focus is going to be on Africa and I need to figure out, you know, how to, um, you know, support the children there. I mean, I just went knowing that my life would be changed. Mm-hmm. But the weird thing is when I came back again, like I'm watching people like you are worried about not having internet today. And there are children over there that like don't have food. I mean, there is that thing. But the other thing that really kind of shook me was, um, you know, we had uh, talked about maybe adopting an older teen because we saw so much in foster care that they were kind of neglected. And instead of, um, you know, my heart saying, okay, you know, we need to move to Africa or whatever. It was like, what about, what about people in your community, the teens in your community? Um, what about these young girls that have no hope and, you know, are going to age out and find themselves pregnant and the cycle starts over. And so I think the same thing, like God, we think, you know, God's sending us someplace for maybe one thing, but really it is just stripping our heart down and making us aware of what's going on even around us and who we can touch 
close to us. It doesn't always have to be. Sometimes it is. My, you know, I have one daughter who's a missionary in the Czech Republic, wow. and she's definitely called to be international. But sometimes it is like, okay, now that my heart's stripped down, like, mm. God's like, okay, here. And so we we adopted four girls, 14, 14 girls. Um, I have to separate those words, 14 not 14. Wow. <laughs> <Girl>. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they were 11, 13, 13, and 15 when we adopted them. Wow. But um, yeah, it is, it, it's amazing when we're willing to kind of look and see where God's at work um, and see kind of the needs that he will draw us. Like you said, right in your community with the people that are producing and are busy and um, you know, through that, through seeing that, you're able to speak words of slowing down, of focusing on God, of of having um, peace, of seeking Him. And I, I love how God does that. How when we turn to Him, it's not always where we think we're going to be, but He will use us right where we are. Yeah, I so agree. It's um, it's interesting. I love how how Justin had a kind of a different lens into the pace of things, just kind of being in an industry that was kind of what this place is known for, like venture capital and technology and all this stuff. And so when he started to write, we had a lot of discussion. Like there's, there's like, I was telling myself, slow down. Okay. Be present. But at the same time, like what, what is our message for the people who are here? And and we decided to we feel like that message is doing is covered really well in terms of um literature and things that's like what it what would it be like just to meet people where they are and not asking them to slow down <laughs> but just mm, kind of yeah. like actually turn that upside down and go like well this is and and let god do the work like if we can just insert provide an invitation to experience him just a little bit, um, what 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 would he do? How could he change them if if people were willing? And so, when Loop and Wire, when we created them, we decided to not have uh, not ha- send them out. They're just email devotionals. They're free. Um, to not have them come every day because I know that my email gets overwhelmed with information and even good things and devotionals and it's like. All the th- I didn't want we didn't want people to get overwhelmed with we wanted them to be really enter into what he was saying um, and so like let's just do twice a week and so that's kind of what we started doing in 2013 but hoping yes yes slow down yes <laughs> let him love yeah, yeah. you yes you know he has so much for you yes but um, but let him like if you listen to his voice what will he do wire is more practical the one that that Justin writes for men is called Wire, and um, it's it really shows our if you if you want to know our personalities you'll really see them if you look at Loop and what I write and then Justin Wire and he's very much every wire is exactly thirty three hundred words down to <laughs> it's, it's, it drives me crazy and it's just, it's but it's also very practical and it's every word counts and it's just like. And I love that about him where he's just like, he's like the best editor ever, ever. And he like pushes me, but, um, and I'm just kind of like, let's just be free. Let's see, let's allow God to do what he wants to do. (laughs) Don't put boundaries Uh, on me. So, um, so yeah, we, uh, have enjoyed just kind of recognizing kind of the pace of things, but I don't know how we're going to reach him. God, what can, how, how can we do this together? 
Yeah, that's so awesome. So you mentioned, so the emails, there's Loop and there's Wire. Um, and then if you go to Gather Ministries, um, you'll, you can subscribe, which I did yesterday. Mm-hmm. I subscribed Aww. to Loop. Awesome. <laughs> um, and then there's the podcast, too. So tell us a little bit about the podcast, because I know they all tie in together. Yeah. Like, so the podcast is called Rush, and the subtitle is Holy Spirit and Modern Life. And we loved what was happening in our own hearts um, through Wire and Loop and just the idea of engaging with him and allowing him to come and just just wanting him to be in our lives and, and, and have that space. And But we um, wanted to – We it's so funny. We started – this is our second podcast. The other one, I really don't want to tell you about at all because it's awful. <laughs> but you can still find it, and it's totally embarrassing. It's called Holy Entanglement. It's this is this this podcast. Our first one is an example of kind of how easy it is to kind of feel like we need to do all the things, and so we're like, mm. oh, we've we've written some stuff online. We've written some stuff that you can can buy that's physical, and it's like, oh, we should do a podcast, right? And oh, we happen to be married. So of course we should do a podcast about marriage because of course we know what we're talking about. And so, <laughs> oh, it was a total disaster. This like, you could tell just from my nervousness at the beginning of talking with you, I really freak out speaking off the cuff. And like, um, <laughs> I just, um, I can do fine reading something and I can be present for that. So the idea of us, husband and wife sharing just wisdom around marriage with God and having a conversation. It just, it, what happened is I would just, you'd put the mic with me and I just freeze up. And so then Justin would just like <laughs> talk the whole time and then we had to do it. So then we had to script it out and anyway, awful. Okay. Rush is not that. So Rush is what we love about it is like we felt like we were both able to do what we're made to do with God. Um, I love listening for his voice. I love encouraging people, um, letting, step getting, trying to get myself out of the way and go like, well, God, what do you want to say? Um, and Justin is very practical and he's a really good teacher and he's very good at cu- communicating ideas. And so we wanted people to have an experience of God. And so listening to his truth and his kindness, but also allow them through listening to go through exercises that were practical where they could engage with him in real time. And so there's lots of space in Rush. There's lots of pauses and there's music. There's, it's a, we're hoping that it's something that if you had a little bit of time, you could do it right there in 20 minutes. Um, and like, okay, I'm going to settle down, settle into his presence now. And there is opportunities to do that. Um, it was interesting. We, we, decided to stop producing new episodes when we hit a year. We were doing two a week. And I realized that um we like like it was done. Like because mm. podcasts and blogs they can go on forever, right? And that was kind of the danger right. of the podcast. Like, oh no, like, you know, what if like when will this end? We don't know. And we realized like, wow, now we feel like this this is a one year audio experience audio devotional like loop and wire are one year email devotionals this is a one year audio devotional where so loop is kind of prophetic listening for god's voice wire is kind of more direct practical ways to kind of um 
kind of just kind of go do this as like a challenge for the day. And rush is just kind of a quieter, um, hopefully more contemplative opportunity to, to just be present with him and enter into space with him. So um, we just love it. We just love rush. <laughs> yeah. And I, I did too. So um, I'm like, okay, I'm going to interview Jennifer. So I'm going to go on and listen. And I'm expecting like talking and interviewing guests. <laughs> I don't know. Cause most of the podcasts are, are like that. And instead it was like, Oh, I really like this. And I was cleaning and it was just like, as I'm cleaning, I'm connecting with God. Cause I mean, you know, it's, he's with us all the time and I'm like praying along and thinking along my kids would kind of interrupt. So I'd pause it and talk to my kids and then go back. And it was, it was really good. And I think sometimes, and I just honestly, like two days ago, I was like searching through a podcast and my eBooks and like, what's something. Cause I was feeling kind of like overwhelmed. We just got back from vacation. I'm exhausted, but I'm having to do these piles of laundry. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what can I listen to? That'll just like fill me up right now in this moment. And um, I ended up getting distracted and listen to anything. Oh, yeah. but, um, but then I'm like, this is perfect. This is perfect. Cause you know, there are those times when we are feeling like empty and we just need to connect with God and hearing people talk and being interviewed or listening to an audiobook about whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't help. And I really enjoyed that. I really appreciated that. Um, even in the middle of my day, I can listen and pray along and contemplate and, it's you know right there. And in one moment, um, like one part of the podcast, it's like, um, if you are able to close your eyes and I'm like, well, I'm cleaning my dining room, exactly. but I can see if like you're driving along the highway. <laughs> you don't want right. to do that. About that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was really good. It made me laugh a lot, but, um, but you know, it's, I loved it. So I'm enjoying it. And cause I listened to the last one first, cause it was mm-hmm. like, I'm, you know, just what's most recent. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this is the last one. I'm like, wait, I have all these other ones I could go back and listen to. So um, that, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Oh, I'm so, I love that. Thank you so much. I just love how hearing how he just, yeah. I, and it's, it's so kind to God, for God to, to have, for Justin and me to kind of um, just like, projects together when you're married, like who knows if that's gonna go smoothly or not. And um and we did it. We and we worked like we just there's a whole nother thing that God was doing with our hearts through the creation of Rush. Like they're they were ministering to us and into our marriage and the the building it together. Um but uh yeah I just I love I love how Rush is an example is opposite of our holy entanglement fiasco of just like when we distrust that doing what he invites us to do, it's gonna be fun. It's just gonna be fun to do with him. It's gonna be a great experience. That's great. Okay, so we talked about the emails and then the podcast, and I know there's some books um, so that they can go see if they go to um, Gather Ministries online. There's some awesome books too, but I would love to hear kind of your heart for what's next you mentioned like you never know where god's gonna leave you lead you do you have ideas of what's coming for gather ministry so so justin can tell you exactly what he's doing so he's like in the middle of <laughs> writing like um he's almost done with his the, um a second book and then a third one is after that so he is so busy doing that um and i have been kind of in the quiet when rush finished in mm-hmm. april um, this has been a year of psychotherapy and when it rush um, ended in April, um, it has been, um, what I'm, 
I am creating and it's with total fear and, um, but excitement at the same time where I feel so with, with, because I struggle with shame and and self-contempt, um, the idea, it's very easy for me for, to write things like loop or breathing Eden or, or rush, um, where, I'm able to just trust that, of course, God, you have something to say. Of course, your words are beautiful, and I can just not be in the picture here. Um, but for me to share my own words and to think that they might be good enough or they might be something that could be anything to offer, that's a bigger hurdle. And so he's been, I've been writing poetry. And I have, it's something that I first started doing when I was a teenager in the middle of all of this kind of hard stuff that I was not willing to face when I was in high school. And so I am in this different lane now where I am trying to, I've I've been finding that writing poetry with God, but not his words, my own, if that makes sense, where I am letting them inspire what I write, but not saying that it's an answer to a prayer that he said. Um, He's been showing me my own heart and my own emotions that I didn't know were even there. And I've been, when I've been putting them out, kind of experimenting on Instagram and a little bit on my blog, just to kind of see if I survived the sharing of it, just how, (laughs) you know, that goes, um, how it is also resonating and calling up the hearts of other people too, which I find just so cool and so beautiful. And so I'm like, all right, God, let's just keep going here. Like, so I don't know, that's kind of where I've been and where I've been experimenting. And um, it just feels really good. It's good for my heart. I also just feel like it's, I'm being loved and I am hoping it is a love offering to the people that we minister to also. Mm, I love that. And again, it goes back to, you know, letting God work in us and flow through us to others. It's not about doing a thing for him, but letting him work in us and out of the outflow, other people will be blessed. Well, I am so glad I got to spend this time with you. Um, And then the website is uh, is just gatherministries.com. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. And then there's links on there for Instagram and information about the podcast and Facebook and all the things. Um, but yeah, I just, I just appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing um, and how you are just pouring out to other people. And I know my listeners will go check you out because they're going to love it. Trisha, thank you. Thank you so much. You were just so kind. The way you minister here, the, your conversations and how you share your heart so easily, it is not a small thing. So thank you. I just really appreciate it. And it's an honor to be here with you today. Well, thank you. And if I'm ever in California, yes. <laughs> back in old thumbing yes. we'll connect. Come over. <laughs> <Not so. laughs> right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Trisha. Wow. Didn't you love that conversation with Jennifer? I just love how she just opened her heart to us. And I just love how she talked about really just getting on the floor, getting on her face before God and asking what his spirit is speaking to first her friends and now to her readers. And I love that. I think so many times we worry about the market and we worry about, um, at least in the Christian writing world, about the message and about promoting ourselves and all those things that can just like fill our mind with the wrong motives. But I love how Jennifer has just gone before God. 
just is quiet before him and ask him to speak to her heart uh, messages that he has for her and for his daughters. And it's so important to take that time. You know, as a busy mom, I have lots of kids, lots of responsibilities, lots of housework, writing projects. But my favorite time is when I sit with my Bible and my journal and just ask God, what do you have for me in these passages? And lately I've been reading just one or two verses a day instead of reading chapters and chapters like I have been doing for so many years and just saying, God, what is in this one verse or what is in these two verses for me? And just listening to his still small voice. And I think that is one thing we forget in this busyness of life. That it's just not about knowing God and doing things for him. It is really connecting with him and connecting with his spirit. And his spirit is the spirit of truth. And that leads to today's walk it out verse. um, John 16, 13 through 15. It says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak in his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, this is Jesus speaking, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. All the things of the fathers are mine, therefore I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. And so maybe you didn't grow up knowing or understanding that God's voice is for you. He can... Um, whisper to you he can speak to you and that that truth is something that you can stand on that truth will always line up to his word but it is his still small voice in our heart saying go this way or speak this or share this you know there's so many times in my Christian walk and I could definitely um, think about it and I talk about it in my book walk it out the radical result of living God's word one step at a time there's those moments when I sat there before God and I had my mindset on one thing like Um, when Pastor Daniel asked me to help start a crisis pregnancy center. And my mind was on no, because I was homeschooling, I was writing. Instead, as I sat there and listened to God's voice, I heard him whisper, what about the young women who need my hope, who need my truth, Um, where you were in that crisis pregnancy? What about other young women like them? And that is the voice of the Spirit, this voice that points us in the direction of where God wants us to go, that lines up with the scripture, that says to share the gospel, to speak um, truth, to love your neighbor. All those things are the voice of God. And I just love how Jennifer is doing that. And even as she's doing that, how it is healing hard and broken places in her life. And that's what God's spirit does. It's not just for us to give out, but it's also um, for us to be transformed within. So let me pray for you. Dear God, I just pray Lord, that we will take time this week, even in the busyness of life, to sit before you, whether it's reading a devotional, listening to a podcast, having our Bible open, that we will um, take in the messages, but also turn it off and just listen to your still small voice that desires to speak to us. I pray that um, your spirit of truth will come in us, will fill us, will guide us, um, because we know the spirit of truth is giving your initiative, God, and it is passing on um, ways that we, you will be glorified in us and through us in our lives and um, in the lives of the others that we reach out to. Lord, I pray that we will not be fearful of your path. I always tell myself, um, God, that you know me completely and you know the path ahead and you have a good plan for me. So 
even though you do often ask us to step out of our comfort zone, to walk it out, to step out in the hard areas, to give up our comfort and our ideas of success and lean in you, that you will be there every step of the way and that that connection with you, that service for you, that knowing you, that feeling you in us and and working through us is better than any comfort that the world has. So I thank you for that. I pray for every listener today that they will pause and listen to your still small voice and then take the steps needed. Thank you my fr- for my friend Jennifer and all that she's doing. Continue to grow her ministry and bless her. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, friend, thank you so much. Again, I mentioned my book, Walk It Out, which is what this podcast, Walk It Out, is based on. Um, you can find it at any online real uh, any online real. I can't say that word, any online retailer. There it is. Um, You can find it online and consider picking up a copy, sharing it with a friend and being encouraged. I think as we tell our stories, as we open up our hearts, it really can make a difference um, in the lives of others. And I hope that that book and this podcast will be an encouragement to you today. I pray you will have a blessed week. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.